or the rain. Put it on. But... Good evening. Good evening. Glad to be here with you guys as always. I've got just one verse that I want to read. Found in the book of Philippians, if you want to turn there, chapter 3, verse number 13. Philippians chapter 3, verse number 13. It says, Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended. But this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind, and reaching forth unto those things which are before. Let us pray. Dear kind and most precious Heavenly Father, Lord, once again I want to say thank you. I want to thank you for your grace and your mercy. I want to thank you for your kindness, for, for your protection and your provisions. I want to thank you for 2023 and all that you brought us through, Lord. As already been mentioned this evening, there's been a whole lot of sickness throughout this year, and, and you've been faithful. You've been a great God, and we just want to give you the praise that you're worthy of. And Lord, now as we get ready to enter into this service and into another year, we want to say thank you for that. Thank you for what you know you want to do. I pray, Lord, as I stand in front of your people preparing to deliver the message you've given me, I pray that you pour your anointing upon me, Lord. I Pray that you guide my words, guide my thoughts, Lord, as I present the points, help me to present them in the way that you want it to be done. As I tell any stories, help me to tell them with accuracy and Amen. just have your way in everything that's said and done. Amen. And we'll be sure at the end to give you the praise, the honor, and all the glory, for we ask it all in the most wonderful and holy name of Jesus. Amen. 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 I preached last night a verse. <coughs> and the message the Lord gave me it's, it's amazing how he does this that's why it's the living word uh -huh. uh, but I preached last night from this passage and I preached on the four things not to forget as we enter in to a new year Amen. well tonight as I was praying and wondering what I would be preaching the Lord gave me this passage and told me to preach on the four things we need to remember. Amen. As we enter in to 2024. You know, I for one, I'm thankful for 2023. Amen. Thankful that it's almost over. Amen. Most of all, because it has been one of those years, I tell you. Well, have you seen, ever seen so much sickness? I don't know if it's been if it's just me or if you guys feel the same way, but I feel like I've been sicker in 2023 than probably the whole rest of my life. The way it's been, I mean, it's just been you get over one thing just to get into something else. Y'all know I've had a couple of bouts in 2023 with my heart, but the Lord was faithful. Brought me through that. And I'm thankful for all that he's brought me through, but I'm thankful that he's brought me through it. Amen. And that we're getting ready to enter into a new year and looking forward to 2024. And this really ain't got nothing to do with the message, but I've been praying a certain way. Well, I guess it kind of does have a little something to do with the message. 
I've been praying for the past two or three weeks, and I'm going to continue to pray for the next few days as we get ready to go into 2024. And this is how I've been praying. I've been praying for a fresh anointing. Amen. I've been praying for a fresh outpouring. Amen. You know, I think if we're not careful, and we're all guilty of it, how many of you tell the stories of the good old days? Yeah. <laughs> now, if you look back at the good old days, I've come to learn something about the good old days. And I might mention some of this as I go through the message. But the good old days really wasn't that good, if you think about it. But in the church world, we do the same thing if we're not careful. We're saying, hey, you remember the revival of such and such a year, or the revival that so and so preached that we had here, or the revival that lasted. Um, this is what it is down in Jeffersonville, the church that I pastor down there. A couple of the old timers that's been there for many years. They're talking about the revival that lasted six weeks. Well, that's great. Yes. You know, praise the Lord for that. But I think we're, we're costing ourselves by doing that. And that's why I've been praying this let's have a fresh anointing. Let's have a fresh outpouring. Because God done great things in yesteryear. Right. There's no doubt about it. You read through the scriptures, the things that He's done. He's an awesome God. You think back over the years of your life, the years that you've been in church, the things that you've seen and experienced uh -huh. in church, God has done great things. Yes. In 2023, as bad as it was, and as much sickness as there was, God done great things. Amen. But I want to tell you something. We can't live in yesterday. And I believe that God can do it again. Amen. I believe that the revival that lasts six weeks could be this revival you just announced that you guys got coming up. That could be the one that God can do it. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And instead of saying, why don't God move like he used to move, why don't we say, God, why don't you do it again? Amen. Why don't you give us a fresh anointing? Why don't you give us a fresh outpouring of the Holy Spirit? Because he can still do it. And I believe he wants to do it. And I believe in 2024 in many of our churches, because we're living in the last days. Yes. And I believe in 2024 he's going to do it in many churches right here in this country. But I have nothing to do whatsoever with the message that the Lord gave me to preach. So as they say, I'll just throw that in for, for free, whatever it's worth. But, but I believe God's going to do great things in 2024. And I believe he's given me this evening four things that we need to remember as we go in to a new year. First, we need to remember where we've been. Amen. For a number of reasons, but for two points that I want to make here this evening. We need to remember where we've been, one, so we don't repeat them same old mistakes. And two, we need to remember where we've been so that we don't forget those that are still there. Let me explain on those. Satan will paint a pretty picture. I don't want to give him credit. I don't want anybody to say the preacher tonight was, was praising Satan because I'm not. He's a sneaky snake. He's a subtle serpent. He's a no good liar. He's the author of confusion. And, and I don't have nothing good to say about him. But he's a hard worker. Amen. And he's good at what he does. Yes. 
And and you gotta say that because yeah. that's, that's true. Yeah. And he'll paint a pretty picture of sin. Yeah. Man, you watch him shows on TV, you can't help but watch them. You shouldn't be watching them, and hopefully your remote control is flipping them off, but man, it's just hard to find anything. Yes, anymore, it is. Yes. Shelly, my, my wife, she gets so tired of Gunsmoke and Andy Griffith. <laughs> <laughs> That's all there is good to watch. So I just, I'll binge watch Gunsmoke, and then when I get through all the seasons of that, I'll start Andy and go through all the ends. I just recycle them two shows over and over and over again. <coughs> But as you watch television, Satan will make sin look good. I mean, it's on the commercial. Look at the commercial. Yes. The advertisements are the commercial. They're advertising drugs. They're advertising alcohol. They're advertising sexual immorality. Um, the things of the world. And Satan makes it look good. The billboards. Um, the magazines, the newspapers, man, it's everywhere. Right. Sin is being promoted everywhere, and Satan is doing a good job of making it look fun. Yeah, that's and I'm going to tell you something: there is pleasure in sin. Yeah, uh, I've said many times. Um, I hope Russ don't hold this against me, but I'll be honest with you: and I've said many times, sin is fun. Yeah, if it ain't fun, you was doing it wrong. Yeah. I, I mean, but the Bible will even tell you. That there's pleasures in sin. A what? For a season. For a season. It lasts only for a season. Just a short time. And I can think back, and that's why I say don't forget where you came from. Because yes, Satan makes it look good. Satan makes it look pleasurable. But I remember when I was living in sin. I remember the drugs. I remember the alcohol. I remember the parties, the clubs, the bars, the nightlife. I remember all of that. And yeah, there was pleasure in it. But there was also the red and blue lights coming on behind me. <laughs> there, there was also the jails and the, and the prisons. Those wasted years. You know something about wasted years? You need to learn from it. You need to, to remember it so that you don't go through it again. But wasted years, they're wasted. And you can't ever give them back. And I think of all that time that I sat in jail and I sat in prison and, and all the time that I missed out with my family and all the time that I missed out with my kids. Things that I missed out with my sons that I will never get to experience. You can't go back. Amen. You can't rewind time. Once they took those first steps, once they've done those first bit, that's gone. That's, it. Yep. that's all there is. You can't go back and, and relive it. So, so I remember that. I remember the heartache. I remember uh, the late nights. I remember the broken relationships. I remember the next morning. Yeah, it's fun that night, ain't it? But that next morning, man, you're, you're broke for one thing, but, but you're not feeling the greatest for, for another, another thing. I remember the hurt that I caused my parents. Some of you may have been there. Maybe it was your parents. Maybe it was a spouse. Maybe it was somebody else. But you know, when you're causing that pain and you're doing that stuff that leads you into jails and prisons, you're not the only one that's going through it. That's right. And my parents, I broke their heart. Yes. Godly people. The godliest people I've ever... My dad is the most sanctified... I thank God for that. That taught me how to live a sanctified life. Man, I broke his heart. A dad that you just, 
I'm, I got the greatest dad in the world. I'll go ahead and say that. I really do. I got the greatest mom in the world. I got the greatest parents in the world. But man, all them nights that they stayed up late, wondering, is my son okay? Is he going to make it home? Or is he going to end up, am I going to get that? Is this going to be the night that I get that call? That he was the one that ran off the road? Is this going to be the night that I get that call? That he was the one that took the too many and, and overdosed? Is this going to be the night that I get that call? That whatever, fill in the blank? So yeah, I remember those good old days. And I remember the heartaches and the heartbreak of them. And I don't want to go through it again. So remember where you came from. Right. Remember those hard times that sin took you through so that you don't repeat it. Amen. But also remember where you came from so that you don't forget those that are there. The longer I serve the Lord, and this I'm, I'm thankful for this because this is how it's supposed to be. And, and most of you can testify to this and you know what I'm saying. You'll be able to relate to what I'm saying. The longer I serve the Lord, the farther I get from all that that I was just talking about. Amen. The farther I get from that old man, the farther I get from that old life, the farther I get from the things of the world, and the closer I get to being like Christ. Amen. I'm not trying to preach I'm holier than now or say anything like that, but the more I walk with him, the more I grow in his grace, the more I grow in his knowledge, the more I become the man that he called me to be. Yes. And, and you can relate to that if you've yes. been walking with the Lord, however long you've been relate, walking with him. Yes. You know, we're better today than we was yesterday. Yes. And if we're striving and we're dying daily like the scripture tells us mm -hmm. to do, we'll be better tomorrow mm -hmm. than we are today. I think of a man in the book of Genesis called named Enoch. We don't hear a whole lot about him. There's one verse, I think it's in chapter chapter 5, I think, maybe. You can correct me if anybody knows, but I think it's chapter 5 that gives the genealogy there. And given that genealogy, this is all it says about Enoch, but it says a lot. It says, he walked with God, then he was not, for God took him. Well, I picture him kind of like what I was just saying, how I'm getting farther away from that old life and closer to Christ. I kind of picture Enoch in that way. I picture him like he was the old saint of the church. You all know that person that comes to mind when I say the old, the dear saint um, that walked with God and walked with God and walked with God until one day God said, hey, come on home. We're a whole lot closer to my house than we are to yours. We're a whole lot closer to my world than we are the, the world down here to think in. So just come on home with me. And, and that's how it's supposed to be. Right. You know, as we grow, we learn more, we get closer to Christ, we become more Christ-like, and that's great. But if we're not careful, and this is what I found, if we're not careful, we can get to the place to where we get farther and farther and farther away from who we used to be, so much so that we forget Amen. who we used to be. And then we get to the place to where we start looking down our noses. We get to the place to where we start looking at people that are in the same place that we was, in the same stuff that we was in, making the same mistakes, committing the same sin, and then we start thinking holier than now, kind of thought, oh, God help us. 
Amen. My dad gave me good advice a long time ago when I was just a kid, and then he told me again, spiritually speaking, he applied it. It's just good advice, period. But then when I got saved, he, he said it spiritually speaking as well, no matter where you go. Don't ever forget where you came from. Amen. That's good advice. Yes. And when I see that drunk, when I see that drug addict, when I see that sinner, when you see that whatever it was that you used to be, he delivered us all from something. You know my story, your story might be different, maybe it's the same. But when you see that person that is where you was, May we always be the kind of people that say, but by the grace of God, there go I. Because if we're looking at our noses at them, we're not going to have compassion for them. But if we remember when we were there, and we remember that, but by the grace of God, there go I, then when we see them, we're going to be like Jesus. Remember when he looked down into the valley? And he saw all the people down there below. And it says, this is what the scripture says in the King James. It says that he saw them as sheep without a shepherd. Amen. Basically meaning that they were wandering around aimless. But they were running around in a circle. They didn't know which way to go or what to do. We've been there. We all like sheep, Isaiah tells us, have gone astray. And he seen them like sheep without a shepherd. And this is what it says. He was moved with compassion. May we always be moved with compassion. So remember where you came from so that you don't repeat those sins and so that you don't forget those people that are still there. Second, remember where you are. And I want to add a little side note to this, a little two points thrown into one, two sides of the same coin, I guess. Say, remember where we are at, but also, at the same time, remember who we are. Right. So where are we, you say? Remember where you're at. Where are we at? And we're in a broken world. Right. We're in a fallen world. Yes. We're in a sin-filled world. Amen. We're, we're in the last day. Yes. I'm just going to go ahead and say it. Amen. You, you've all seen them people holding the signs up alongside the road. The end is near. They, they need to erase that last word. The end is here. This is it. I know preachers have been saying that for years. And that's why so many people, they hear it, they let it go in one ear and I think, well, my grandpa heard preachers preaching that, we're saying. My great-grandpa heard, ever since Jesus went up, they've been saying he's coming back down. That's been over 2,000 years now. The end is here. Yeah. This world has gotten as wicked as it can possibly be. Yes. I'm just going to tell you. God destroyed the world in, by flood in Noah's day. God burnt salt and plumbed down to the ground. For what? The same stuff. Read the Bible. Go back and study the things that was going on. And what's it say about the end? Just as it was in the days of Noah. It's here. It's here. Drugs, alcohol, on every hand. It's worse than it was. Thank God that Jesus saved me when he did. Because I'm telling you, when I was out there, I experimented with every drug that was on the street 
at the time that I was out there. I was up for anything. I was one of them kind of partiers. Whatever the people had, hey, let's do it. Oh, man, if I was out there doing that now. Because I'm telling you, stuff's getting crazy. The stuff they're taking, the stuff they're doing, it's getting absolutely crazy. Sexual immorality, I mean, just think about it. Homosexuality, fornication, adultery, pornography, the stuff that's on regular television. I'm not talking about late night HBO, which if you're a Christian, you shouldn't have it anyway. I'm talking about regular TV, regular daytime television. My goodness, half-naked people, or now PG-13. PG-13 now has turned into what used to be rated R. Right. Oh my goodness, if that's the stuff that they're saying 13-year-olds should be able to watch. Oh God, help us. Yeah. And you know what I'm saying? You know, you know what I'm trying to get across? It's terrible. Yes, it is. Did you ever think the things that are taking place in America, the things that are considered normal, would even be a tolerated? I mean, 40 years ago, 30 years ago, 20 years ago even, would you have believed it if Ava said they're going to pass same-sex marriage? That abortion is going to be okay? That the majority of the people are going to vote to legalize certain drugs? God help us. Yes. God help us. It, it, that's the world we're living in. That's where we're at. Right. Sin is everywhere. You go in, well, I'm telling you, I notice it all the time. I know I'm not alone. I know the rest of the Christians are noticing it too. The language that is being used in public, I'm talking Walmart, and, and I'm not, people ain't even mad. They're not even mad at you. I mean, you go to Walmart and the cashier, or you go to a restaurant and, and the person waiting on you, just in everyday conversation. We'll start throwing out them four-letter words. Yeah. My goodness, it's like it's nothing. It's like that's common talk, that's common speech. God help us. We're in a, a, a terrible, terrible world. Yes, we are. So remember where you're at. And I said I want to put that side note on there. But at the same time, remember who you are. Amen. Because, yeah, we're living in a sin-filled world. But this world is not my home. That's right. Understand that. Know who we are. Yeah. They're seeing everybody else is doing. So should we? No. The law says it's okay. The law's legalized it. Legislation has said it's good to do it. Good to go. So should we do it? Should we participate in it? The law says that legislation says same-sex marriage is legal. Rush, should we start performing the ceremonies? Never. <coughs> Abortions, it's okay now. Should we start presenting that as not when people come to get advice from us, when people come to the church to, to seek help? Should we start presenting that as an option now? No. Remember who we are. Right. Yeah, we're living in that world. Yes. We're living in a sin-filled world. We're li- the Bible said it would come. The Bible said in the last days these things would happen, and they're happening. But we are still called. Hear me. If you don't take nothing else away from my message, hear me. We are still called to be ye holy. For the Lord our God is holy. 
Amen. We're still called to be a sanctified people. I'm confused with you. I sit right in. Man, this world is going to hell. I mean that literally speaking. But we're called to be peculiar. We're called to be different. We're called to come out from among them. I've said it many times and I'm going to say it right now. And this is the problem that the church is falling into. It, it's starting to become like the world. The church is starting to bring the things of the world into the church. Hear me. We've got one mission. Amen. And that's to win people to Jesus. Amen. And I'm going to tell you something. We are not going to win them by being like them. Right. If right. we're ever going to win them, if we're ever going to bring them to Christ, we're going to have to do it by what makes us different. Amen. 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 Yes. That's what's going to draw them. Yes. I mean, if they come in here and they see the things that they see down at the local pub, well, they can go to the local pub. Well, they're going to come here for it. I mean, if they're not seeing nothing different than what they see wherever else they go, what's going to attract them? I say we maybe need to get a little fanatic again. Yes. That's, a, that's another point, another message. But that's what my, that's what I think we need to do. Maybe we need to get a little fanatic, get a little crazy, run around the, the building saying, I feel like traveling on or something like the old timers used to, used to do just so that people say, what's them crazy Christians doing in there? And in the holy rollers, what's that? What's going on with them holy rollers in there? And then they come in to see what's going on, and then they get a little bit of what we got. Because I'm going to tell you, real Christianity is contagious. Amen. That's a fact. The Holy Spirit, He's contagious. Yes. If you get a hold of Him, I know. I went in that church, and I, and I was drunk and high a number of years ago when I went in that little country church. I was holding on to the back of the pew. Not wanting to give in, but you've heard that song that something got a hold of me. Amen. I've been there, done that, rode that ride. I'm telling you, the Holy Spirit get a hold of them. But only if we're different than them. Only if we're different from the rest of the world. So remember where we're at and remember who we are. And third, and this when I this is a good one. If you don't get excited over this one, or oh, something wrong with you, remember where we're going. And if he goes to prepare a place and comes again to receive us to where he is and where we may be also. I'm telling you, think about that place. Think about that city. This world, I don't want to fit in. I don't want to get comfortable. I know where I'm at. I understand my surroundings. I understand the world that I'm living in. But I don't want to get comfortable in it. That preacher, that famous televangelist, I won't mention his name. You can look him up on Google if you can figure out some things from the things that I said. But I told the Lord a number of years ago I wouldn't mention his name. It's one of my pet peeves. But that famous Tele-evangelist fills up a basketball stadium every Sunday by preaching, you can have your best life now. I don't want it. Amen. I'm going to go ahead and tell you something. He gets 30 million people. That's what they say. 30 million. That's hard to believe that many people in one church setting. But he gets 30 million people into that with an NBA basketball stadium that he bought. Um, and he gets 30 million people in there by telling them they can have their best life now. I'm just going to go ahead and tell you that is an absolutely miserable hope. 
Yeah. That is a miserable gospel. Your best life now? In this world? Oh, I don't want it. At best. At best. I mean, more money. You got more money in the bank than your grandkids can spend. And you living in a in the finest house that, that money can buy, driving the fanciest cars, wearing the designer clothes, the fanciest stuff, eating the fanciest foods. And then it ends. Because at best, in this life, it's temporary. Even if you live to be a hundred and you've got all the think of the billionaires, think of the millionaires. Just think of the famous celebrities that you know that commit suicide. They've got all that. And they're not happy. They're living their best life now. And they're not happy. Right. Not interested. When I think of the things that are in that city. I'm talking streets of gold, gates of pearl. Read there in Revelation. Some of the most beautiful gems and precious stones that the universe has ever beheld. Amen. Is going to be there decorating the walls <coughs> of that place. The tree of life, the, the, the crystal river, literally the fountain of youth is right there. Yes. No more growing old. I don't know how old we're going to be. Um, I think personally, you might disagree with me. I don't think we're going to be the age we are when we die. I mean, if you die at 103 and you're all crippled up, you're not going to be that old. Um, I don't think the little babies is going to be little babies. Pretty well. I'm getting off track here. I, I think there's going to be a common age. I don't know what that age is going to be like. I don't know what our bodies is going to look like. The Bible don't tell us. It just says that it does not yet appear what we shall be, but we know that when he shall appear, praise God, Amen. that we shall be like him. Good enough for me. Good enough. That's my best life. That's the best life that I want. That's a life without end. It's never a day that has no end. Think of that. It's going to be a family reunion. All your loved ones that died in the faith. All of them that was trusting Jesus. And hope my grandma Barker that told me trust in Jesus who gets you there. One of these days. I'm going to stand in that city and tell her, Grandma, you was right. He got you here. He got me here. Look at the multitudes that he got here. And there ain't going to be no more goodbyes. A reunion day where there is no more, no more suffering, no more sorrows, no more tears. The Bible says that God himself is going to dry the tears from our eyes. Yes. Praise God. Are you getting a hold of what I'm preaching? Yes. Are you getting, you getting, do you know something about what I'm talking about? Are you looking for that city that yes. I'm talking about? That's where we're going. Remember where we're going. As we come into 2024, I'm going to tell you something. I'm going to give you a warning. My wife says I'm too much doom and gloom in my preaching. Well, maybe I am, but I'm a reality person. Somebody said it just a little while ago. As bad as it is, Going to get worse. Yes, it's going to get worse. I'm telling you something. We better Christians hear me. We better be ready. Amen. Because I'm telling you right now, the persecution could come to America in 2024. This could be the year with all the crazy laws that being passed. With, with, I better not get into politics and talk about our president. I'm going to say something about Sleepy Joe, but I better not. <laughs> 
can very easily be passed where it's we're not allowed to pack people. It's right. That's taking place in other countries right now. Right. I get a newsletter from a place called Barnabas State. I don't know if any of you know anything about Barnabas State or not, but they, um, they're an organization that basically raises money to help the persecuted Christians around the world uh, and man the stuff that's going on. They just, in one of them countries, I just rest, read, uh, it's been a few months back, but um, in one of the newsletters I got to where they nailed, they put everybody in, and everybody that was a Christian inside their church, and then they nailed all the doors and the windows shut, and then they set it on fire. Mm-hmm. Man, can you imagine? No doubt, little kids, mm-hmm. parents, grandparents, probably no doubt some, some great grandparents, some elderly Christians that was in it. Can you imagine the screaming and the pain? That would be one of the worst ways you could go. My my, my uncle um, was using a cutting torch, cutting into a barrel. He was a mechanic and, and was cutting into a barrel and it blew up on him. Mm-hmm. And he spent the last two years of his life, I mean, it was burned. Over 90% of his body was burned. Mm-hmm. Burned his ears off. Man, he lived a miserable life. But um, the, the, I could just imagine the pain that he felt from seeing all the burns and the started. Can you imagine what them people went through? That's coming to America. Yeah. Yeah. Get ready. It's coming. Yeah. It's going to get bad. Yeah. As bad as it is, it's going to get worse, and then it's probably going to get worse again. Yes. But remember where we're going. Yeah. Remember the right. end of the story. Yes. Remember that he's coming soon. I believe real soon. Yes. Church, when you, you read, I've, ta- I've often told congregations to do this. Do this if you've never done this. Go home and get your Bibles out and make a checklist for Matthew chapter 24. All the things the disciples asked Jesus, how can we know when the end is here? And he said, these things must come to pass. Make a checklist from, from that chapter. I've done this. Let me tell you what you'll find. It's all been met. Everything on that list, you can check off. It's all been done. That means Jesus is coming real soon and we're out of here. So, so remember where we've been. Remember where we're at. Remember where we're going. And then one final point. Remember why. You say, why? What are you talking about? Why am I no longer where I used to be? Why does it matter? All the points that I just made. Why does it matter how we live now where we're at? And why do we get to go where it is that we want the same answer for every one of them questions? I know what it is? Jesus. Amen. It's all because of Jesus. Amen. It's all because oh, of Calvary. It's all because yeah. of Christ. Jesus Christ and Him crucified. Why am I not where I used to be? <coughs> I'm going to tell you something. Yes. i said it many times, and I'm, I'm not necessarily proud of, of, of all that I'm about to say, but hear me. I'm not always who I should be. Amen. I'm definitely. Man, when I think of what Jesus done for me, I'm definitely not the man that I want to be. Amen. But hear me plainly. I'm no longer the man that I used to be. Amen. And it's all because of Christ. Amen. I've had a lot of well-meaning people over the years. They mean well. They make me feel good. I, I right. compliment them. And I and I and I thank them for for their for their sins when they give it to me. But but they're saying we're glad you turned your life around. Wrong. Um, I didn't. He did. Yeah. 
I was that drug addict. You've heard my testimony time after time. I was that drug addict. I was that alcoholic. I tried to stop. Amen. But there was things I couldn't quit. There was addictions I couldn't lick. There was habits I couldn't get rid of. There were things I couldn't do. But hear me, when I couldn't do it, Jesus did. Amen. Praise God. Is your saved right now? You should be praising the Lord. Everybody that's saved should be amen. Jesus done that. You didn't save yourself. You didn't. We, we, we live in a, in a lift yourself up by your bootstrap society. But hear me. We didn't do it. Amen. Jesus has done it for us. So that's why I'm not where I used to be. Why should I live my life now in a certain way where we are? Because I'm not done. I've been bought with Christ. Amen. You know, we got a problem, and it makes me sick every time I hear it. But it's becoming more and more. It's getting preached more and more and more in American Christianity. This cheap gospel, this cheap grace. Yeah, hear me. His grace is available to whosoever will. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. I do not care what you've done. I'm living proof. If he could save me, he saved me by the plan. That's a fact. The chiefest of sinners, as Paul said. I think I'm the chiefest of a sinner. So, so when he saved me, he saved the worst among you. But we all could probably say that, couldn't we? It's all because of Him. It's all because of Christ. Don't forget that. Don't, don't ever forget that. So why live a certain way now? Because what He's done. Because of that price that He paid. It's not cheap. It's free to us. But it cost Jesus everything. It cost Jesus His life. Read that scene in the Garden of Gethsemane. You know, we take it for granted what Jesus did. Yeah, I said he was, is, and always will be God. I understand that he knew beyond a shadow of a doubt. When he made the statement, destroy this temple, and in three days I'll rebuild it, there wasn't a doubt in his mind he was pulling off Easter. He knew that. He was God. He is God. He will always be God. But understand something. In that garden of Gethsemane, when he prayed that prayer, if there be any other way, Father, any other way, let's do that. He didn't want to die. He didn't want to go to that cross. That's when he saw each one of us. And he said, nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. So we're bought with the price. Amen. Why live a certain way now? Because I've been crucified with Christ. Uh -huh. Nevertheless, I live. But it's no longer I that live. It's now Christ Jesus living in and through me. My life ain't mine no more. Amen. When I knelt at that altar, I asked him, I, I, I confessed every one of my sins, and I said, Lord, if you can save me, save me. And he did. Amen. And he's the only one that could. Yes. And when he did, I belong to him now. Amen. So it matters how we live. We need to, he's living his life through us. That's the way it's supposed to be. If you're a believer, if you're saved, Jesus is living his life through you. Yes. Our mission is to bring people to him. Yes. And the only way we're going to do that is living as he would live. So that's why we live a certain way now. That's why it matters how we live. And why do I get heaven? 
Oh, I've said it many times. If it worked this way, which it don't. The scriptures makes it clear. If it worked this way, if I was to get up to heaven before the gates, and there was a voice, the voice of the Father from inside heaven that said, why should I allow you to come into my heaven? I've only got one plea. Not because of me. Not because I preached was a preacher. It's not because I pastored churches. It's not because I've done this or because I've done that. It's not because you've done this or you've done that. You know, if you're, if you're a Christian, act like it. You know, if you're a Christian, you're going to have good works because a good tree can't produce bad fruit. Jesus said it plainly. And a bad tree can't produce good fruit. So if you're saved, you're going to have good works. But you don't get heaven because of that. Amen. We get heaven for one reason and one reason only. And if that voice from inside heaven was to say, why should I allow you to come into my heaven? I plead Jesus. Amen. Jesus Christ. Because, and you probably all heard that song, because of the man on the middle cross. <coughs> yeah. That's why. Yeah. Thank God for that man yeah. on the middle cross. Yeah. He's the reason for everything. Yeah. You know, we just come out of Christmas, and, and I'll be honest with you, I'm glad that Christmas is over. I love Christmas. I love the reason for the season. <coughs> Jesus. Yeah. But man, the hustle and bustle, I'm glad it's over. But he's even the reason for that. Yes. He's the reason we get 2024. <coughs> Those of us that enter into 2024, we get to enter into 2024 because of him. Amen. Those out there living in sin, if, if they would only realize this. You know, I, I get so aggravated about and I'm going to close, I promise, I'll get long-winded. But I get so aggravated with, with them self-made men. Amen. No, you ain't. Don't think it for a minute. No. You got what you got because God gave it to you. That's the right. sinners out there that are living in sin, if they, if they, the breath that they're breathing right now, He gave it to them. Right. The breath that we're breathing is very, He yes. can shut the oxygen off to this entire planet, right? Just flipping a switch. Yes. That's how mighty and powerful He is. Just flipping a switch, He can cut the air supply off, and every one of us can fall down dead in just a few seconds. That's right. Everything. He's the reason. For it all praise his holy yes. Man, if we come out, out of 2023 into 2024, we got a reason to praise him. Yes. We got a reason to be thankful. Well, I hope you got something from that message. That's the message I believe the Lord gave me to preach. Yes. Here this yes. We got an order up here before we dismissed. If anyone has anything they want to pray about, any needs whatsoever, God's able. Yes, he is. The God that brought us through everything in 2022, 2023, he's able to bring us through everything in 2022. And I mean everything. I've said it many times, and I promised I'd shut up, so I will. But he's not only the Savior, he's the sanctifier, mm -hmm. he's the divine healer, and he's the soon coming, conquering king of kings. Yeah. So, whatever needs you got spiritual, mental, emotional, physical, financial, I don't believe that God is a genie in the bottle, an ATM machine, or any of that. But I'm telling you right now, He can pay the electric bill. I've seen Him do it. I, 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 I'm a boy before I grew up poor, and I'm probably going to die for it. And I can tell you sometimes when God's came through, when I thought where the money was coming from. So, so yeah, He can even meet the financial needs. 